share a message that's really been on my heart, and it's called Leaders Destined to Lead. Leaders Destined to Lead. And uh, I'm going to start, if, for those that have your Bibles, and if not, you have your iPhones. Let's uh, open up to Genesis 1. Genesis 1, and I'm going to read out of verse 26. Ted, love you, man. <laughs> Leaders destined to lead. I'm going to start on uh, verse 26, and I'm going to go to 28. And, you know, uh, Pastor Felix, I believe it was last week, he shared out of this scripture. And one thing that he shared in this part of the scripture was that was really, really just caught my attention was where it says, Then God said, let us make human beings in our image. And he made a point that I want to touch back again. Because I thought that was really good. In the scripture he says, let us make the hu human beings in our image. But the fact that he said, let us make. And I love that. That God and Holy Spirit Jesus, they were all together and they had a conversation about us. Because it's, let us make them in my image, in our image. It's powerful. <clears throat> so he said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the, in the sea, birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth. And the small animals and the scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God said to them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Govern it. You know... <clears throat> I've grown up in church. I've been in church most of my life. But it doesn't mean that I was part of the church, if I can say that. Because I do have a testimony, and it's, um, for those who know it, I, I lived a really bad life growing up into my late teens, all the way up into my, probably my early, maybe my late 20s. So in the time that I did spend in church, I saw a lot of things in church that I probably shouldn't have seen. I saw things that I... I'm choosing my words. <laughs> I learned what not to do, if I can say that. Because see, in church... We, 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 we do things out of, out of a structure. We do things out of a tradition. We do things on what we were taught. And because we saw the pastor do it, we saw them do it. Then the pastor's fathers do it. So we all, we have this structure that we created on what, what church is supposed to look like. And I believe we've got it all wrong. I really do. But see, we're all, cre we're all created to be leaders in this place. Every one of us in this room is a leader in the kingdom of heaven. 
You see, God said in Genesis 1, let us make man in our image. You're made in the image of God. I can honestly say what's missing in the church today are the fathers. It's the fathers. And that needs to become a cry from us, the bride. Lord, send the fathers, God. The fathers that have the heart for the the heart of the Father. But see, sometimes we go in life and when we do ministry, we do only what we know how to do. We do what we've been taught. And right now, there's fathers. There's, there's, okay. We have a generation of people that have become fathers who inwardly, inwardly identify themselves with an orphan mentality, but outwardly demonstrate themselves with a father's mentality. And what happens is, as we grow into this place of inwardly functioning with an orphan spirit, what happens is we begin to produce the offspring of children and unbelievers, of believers who will function with with the heart of an orphan. But it's not their fault. Because they're doing what they're taught how to do. That's why our heart has to, our cry has to be, God, send the fathers who know how to love. Send the fathers who know your heart. We've seen churches that have been established where where it's led by by a pastor. And I believe, I believe that that's what God's doing here in this place. That He's He's putting this fivefold, this apostolic vision on this house to see the sons and daughters to be positioned where they're supposed to be. Because see, everybody in this room is called to be a leader. Thank you, Mark. The enemy has gotten many of the believers to agree with the lies of being fatherless and that we're slaves. We become a fatherless generation crying out for heaven's attention. We need the fathers that have the Father's heart this season. We need them. I'm going to give a couple points. Because see, leaders, leaders do what's right even when they're alone. They'll do what's right even when they're alone. In ministry, you'll find yourself alone, especially when God has called you to pioneer something. When God calls you to pioneer something, you'll find yourself feeling alone. God begins to deposit vision inside of you that nobody can understand. I remember back in 2008, 
the Lord began to give me vision about what He wanted us to do. But the vision was so raw. Listen, it was so raw. Like if it was a picture of meat, it was just undercooked raw. And my heart was like, can't you see the vision? It's right there in front of you. It's, I mean, you just got to grab it. It's real. God's going to do this. And I would tell God, Lord, send the people, God. Send the people who can capture the vision. Let them see it, God. And he would send people. But they would come with agendas. They would come with their own vision. And they would try to change what God was doing. Sometimes the vision is so raw that people can't see it. We have to, we have to protect what God is doing. And He would send leaders to us. It was a wild season. <laughs> but we felt alone. And I remember years would go by and I would tell this to my wife. I said, babe, I feel like I'm alone. I know I'm not alone. I know I got God. I know I got all this. But I feel so alone. Like I feel like I'm in this by myself. There was times that I even felt like my wife couldn't capture the vision. Not that she didn't. But see, as the visionary, we see beyond. And our heart as a father is like, I just want you to see it too. And I try to articulate it. But it's so raw that it's hard to explain something that's supernatural. And I said, Lord, I feel alone, God. It's like nobody can get it. Am I wrong? Is this, was this even you? And then I had a, a, a friend when they came and they brought me a book and put it on my desk and it was called The Barbarian Way. Okay. And then I opened up the door. I mean the door. Come on, I'll take that. I opened up the book. And the first thing it says, you're a visionary. Sometimes the vision is too raw that people around you can't see it. See, I believe there's people in here that the Lord has given you vision. You're a leader destined to lead. We do what we do what we do. We do what's right even though we feel like we're alone. And a perfect example of this is Noah. <laughs> In Genesis 6, God is despairing over the wickedness that has overtaken the humanity. Then he decides to restart the human race. We know the story, right? He's like, I'm going to start from scratch. However, 
he found one not to be corrupted. God tells Noah to build the ark that will save him and his family and all the host of animals, right? And as he's boarding the ark, God says to him, he tells Noah, for you alone, I have seen to be righteous. For you alone, I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. When the whole world was doing wrong in the eyes of God, Peter said, you were right. Noah felt alone. Can you imagine building the ark? He's doing what he's doing. He's like, bro, what are you doing? It's going to rain. What is rain? They had never seen it before. Leaders, they will embrace the unknown. Quick story. I'll never forget me and my wife. We're youth pastoring. Our ministry is doing really well. Radio Air Jesus is exploding. We're doing all kinds of amazing things. And then God tells us, I want you to stop everything you're doing and I want you to leave, leave it all behind. Leave it all. I said, God, my son's a, a senior in high school. My other son's in, he's a football star and he's, he's in, he wants, I mean, he's got dreams of getting a scholarship to go to OU and all this stuff. And you, I don't got a job over there and I'm, I'm a pastor here. You want me to leave it all behind? I want you to leave it all. See, sometimes God just wants our yes, right? We left the city. We left our kids, the youth. We left everything we knew behind to embrace the things that we had no idea what God was going to do. We packed up everything drove to Alabama to a small little city in Florence, Alabama. But had we not gone, we would have never met transformation, breakthrough, and so many other things that happened on our journey. In Genesis 12, God approaches Abraham and he tells us something really similar. He tells Abraham to embrace the unknown. God approaches Abraham and tells him, I want you to go forth from your country and from all your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. It means he hadn't seen it yet. He said, I want you to leave everything behind and go here and I'll show it to you when you get there. What this is saying when God told Abraham this, he said, I want you to leave your comfort zone. I want you to leave a place where you're comfortable, where you feel safe and secure. 
I'm calling you into a greater glory, a greater presence, a relationship with Him. It's the Lord asking us to march forward into the place of uncertainty. Because see, leaders are destined to lead. Abraham was a leader. Noah was a leader. Great leaders will embrace the truth of the promises that awaits them. Leaders Holy Ghost endure in spite of any and all circumstances. Even in the natural. <laughs> you can see who the leaders are on how they respond. A leader will take control of the situation. I'm not even going to give that example. <laughs> Say something happens to your vehicle. That's good, right? No, I'm not. I'm just going to say this. Say this wall falls down. It's not going to happen. But say this thing falls down. In this room, we have a bunch of leaders. But you're going to find out who are the ones that are destined to lead on how they respond. Some will run out the door and watch. And they'll talk about, oh, did you see what happened? Oh my God, yeah, I was right there. It was scary. Others will be like, get the chairs out of the way. Come on, everybody get back. Put the chairs against the wall. Others will be, I need you to go get a tarp. Go get me a ladder. I need you to go, as a matter of fact, go get me a mop bucket right now because it, it might start to rain. Leaders will take control and they will lead. They're not going to wait for the person to come and tell them. Do you think you can... You get what I'm saying, right? Leaders will endure in spite of all circumstances. Genesis 37, we're gonna, we see a powerful story of a leader. See, Joseph had to endure... Through some crazy circumstances. We all know the story, and if you get a chance, go and read out of, uh, it's going to be in Genesis uh, 37. So I'm going to just kind of recap it for you. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers because they were jealous of him, right? <clears throat> they told his father that he was killed by a wild animal. So now the father's not even looking for him no more because he thinks he's dead. He was framed by the boss's wife because he refused to sleep with her. And then he was thrown into prison because of it. Those are pretty bad circumstances. While he was in prison, he interpreted a dream of a prisoner who was later released and restored into position but forgot all about him again. 
In the end, though, Joseph becomes the leader of all of Egypt, second in command to the Pharaoh. When there was a famine, he was able to save his family from starvation. See, leaders, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Leaders have vision that will sustain them through all the difficult times. It'll sustain you through the most difficult times. God orchestrated everything that happened to Joseph. Joseph is in a position to save them. Leaders have vision. Listen, it's important that we see how God sees. stuff there. <clears throat> Leaders will stick up for their people. In Exodus 3, we see an example of this. And God is very convincing when he talks to Moses, right? Because, see, Moses stuck up for the people. Moses, in Exodus 3.11, he protested God. See, God call, sometimes God calls us to do certain things in our lives. God says, I want you to go and I want you to lead. I want you to go and, and set forth this thing that I'm going to do, and I'm going to give you vision for it. That's what he did with Moses. And Moses fought it. He fought it. He was like, God, or what? Really? You want me to go to Ohio? You want me to go to Ohio? I've never seen snow in my life, God. I don't know what it looks like. I've only seen flurries. And that's like once every 20 years. But he says, go. And I'm going to give you vision when you go. Vision that's going to sustain you. And he tells Moses. And in Exodus 3.11 it says this. But Moses protested to God. Then he asked God this question. Who am I? Who am I to appear in front of the Pharaoh? Thank you, Michael. Who am I to appear in front of the Pharaoh? How many of us have said that to God? God, who am I? I don't, I'm not some Bible scholar. I'm not some, some super duper teacher, God. I'm not a super apostle, an amazing prophet. Why? I love you, Max. I think Max is like in every one of my messages. 
Every video we have, Max is in it. But he asked him, who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? You see, leaders are destined to lead. Some of you in this place are called to lead people out of their circumstances. To lead people to get set free. Some of you are called to ring the bell. Freedom. So finally he does and he answers the call. He agrees with heaven. And then he goes and you see Moses approaching Pharaoh. And with all of heaven's authority behind him, because see there's something when we begin to agree with heaven. We know that heaven comes behind us. And we have just angels and just everything that heaven has is at our, right there with us. So Moses approaches Pharaoh, and with all boldness and authority, he says, Let my people go! You see, leaders will stick up for those when the unjust is in place. Will you step up and lead when God calls you to lead? Because, see, leaders are destined to lead. Leaders are not afraid of giants. They're not afraid of giants. I'll tell you what. I don't care how wounded or how afflicted I am, I will go down swinging. Because, see, leaders will slay the heads of the giants. See, David was a leader, right? We all know the story in 1 Samuel 17. I'll just kind of give you a really brief description. The Israelites are are being defeated by the Philistines. And they're nine-foot giant. Come on, if you read in the Bible, if you read in in Kings, it talks about the giants being as tall as the cedars. As tall as the cedars. So, in in retrospect, Goliath being nine-feet tall, he was a small giant. Because of the cedars, it says that they were to be 24 to 32 feet tall. I know that's a whole other message, and some people may even have a problem with that statement alone. Get over it. It's in the Word. It's in the Word. That's why in an amazing story, you see Joshua going, and God tells him, I want you to go to the enemy's camp. And guess what? It was a camp of giants. He went into the giant's camp, and he says, I want you to get rid of all of them. So Joseph, I mean, Joshua goes, and he takes the mighty men, and they destroy the giants in the land, every last one of them. The giants went running, and Joshua says, go and chase them and get them all. How's that for a movie, Hollywood? Ha, <laughs> 
So Goliath taunts the Israelites and challenges them. Send one man. Send one man. Hold on. Boomba. So David, a small shepherd boy, didn't even have armor. You see, when you begin to see the giant and the enemy from the high place, you look really small. Sometimes we look at the giants and we're like, oh, I can't handle that. Leaders are not afraid of the giants in the land. I'll kick the devil in the mouth. I'm just telling you. If I got to go down swinging, we're going to go down swinging. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Jesus. Father, I just thank you, God. We thank you, God, for we know you're with us, Lord. And you've called us, God, to slay every giant in the land, God. Holy Ghost. Leaders will rise to the occasion. In a vision that Isaiah had in Isaiah 6, God asked, who should I send as a prophet to his people? And Isaiah responds, Here I am! Send me! Leaders don't wait to see if anybody else is going to step up. They answer the call. Are y'all getting this? Leaders will step up and get things done when they need to be done. They don't wait to see who's going to do it first. They take initiative. They are first to raise their hands. They are first to stand. They are first to make decisions. Leaders will step into the place when they don't know what it looks like. Wow, Jesus. Leaders, and I think this is probably the biggest one, and I'm, I'm going I'm to kind of, because I think that this might be a part two. I'm going to have two parts on this. It's going to be too long. Let go. But leaders are servants. Leaders will serve. I, I, I remember in the place where we were at, me and my wife and my family, And we're doing ministry. We're doing all kinds of stuff already. And some of y'all know this story. We were hurt and we were offended. And 
And I want you to know this because this is something that I have learned. How you leave one season is going to determine how you enter into your next season. I learned this. I learned this the hard way. And I went into a season where me and my wife were hurt. We were wounded. And we left the church that we were a part of. And now I understand, actually many, many years later when the Lord showed me, that how immature I was in that season. Yes, there were things that were unjust. Yes, there were things that happened. But let me tell you what. We are responsible for how we respond as leaders. And how we leave a season will will determine how you enter into your next season. If you leave a season offended, you're going to walk in offense into your next season. God is not going to bless or endorse something that's birthed out of rebellion or offense. He's not. And I saw this firsthand in our lives. And I remember getting a phone call. No, I had an encounter with the Lord. And the Lord began to show me all these things that He wanted to do. And it was amazing. But everything that I saw was for the place that I was offended and hurt with. And I had to make a choice at that moment. I I don't want to get into the whole story. But I made a phone call and I I called the pastor. And I said, listen. And I gave everything, the encounter that I had. And I walked in humility and I said, will you allow me to do what God has called me to do? I was a leader. I was already leading. We already had something that we were doing. We were building a church. We were helping plant a church. In the natural, I was doing leadership things. But in the spirit, I wasn't being effective because my season was out of the season of the Lord. And I gave everything up behind, me and my wife and my family. And we went and we served. And for three, almost four years of our life, we submitted to the leadership. I, we walked on a journey. The Lord healed and restored. Amazing things happened. But it came from a place of us serving and walking in humility. It wasn't looking for an agenda. I wasn't looking for a title. I wasn't looking for for a position. I wasn't looking for a microphone. I was walking in servanthood. I was serving and walking in humility. See, leaders will learn how to serve in the place of serving. You'll see the blessing and favor. I was so blessed the other day. We were shampooing the carpet. All the chairs are gone. And I, I, I walked by the room, and I got pictures, and Pastor Vicky doesn't even know it. But I began to weep in the foyer as I walked by, and I saw Vicky 
on her knees, scrubbing. Every piece of the carpet. And it hurt her back. I could tell because she was... I watched her. I watched her. And she was... She's like, oh... And she's in pain because she's, her knees are bad for now. And the Lord's going to heal that. But she's scrubbing the, the carpet. And then she's done scrubbing the carpet. And she's got this machine. And she's like, and she's going the whole place here. Leaders will lead by example. I wrote something on my Facebook the other day. Everybody wants the microphone. But when you hand them a plunger, they all run. Leaders will lead by example. Because see, we're all leaders that are destined to lead. Some of us just haven't stepped into that season. But the season of serving will catapult you into the season of leading leaders. You understand what I'm saying? You will lead leaders because you're destined to lead. Every one of us. One of the most powerful images of serving is Jesus. The life of Jesus when he washes the feet of the disciples in John 13. And then after he gets done telling them, after he gets done washing their feet, Jesus tells them, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then the Lord and teacher washed your feet, you also ought to be able to wash another's feet. You see, Jesus is talking in the natural too, but he's also talking in the spirit. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, I don't like touching people's feet, man. Can I just be honest? I, ain't, I don't want to touch feet. But if the Lord says to do it, we're doing it. But I believe the Lord is speaking at a higher level of revelation here. He's not just talking about the natural. He's talking about servant leadership. Great leaders focus on serving those who follow them. Great leaders will wash even their leaders' feet. That's powerful. Uh, leaders will recover from failure. Let's, look, let's, let's talk about Peter, because I love this. Peter is like a perfect example of this. <laughs> right? Jesus tells him, Peter, you're going you're gonna to make some mistakes. You're going to deny me. Three times you're going to deny me. And, God, and Peter's like, Lord, no, never. Right? 
Because see, Peter's passionate. He's full of zeal. I will never. Then it happens. The cock crows, and then boom, it happens, right? But then you read in Acts 2, right after he got done denying the Lord, you read in Acts 2, Peter goes and he gives his first sermon right after Jesus has gone to heaven. And he, re- he preaches a message to thousands of people. Even though he made a mistake, leaders learn how to recover and recoup from the mistakes because the mistakes don't define who you are. You're a leader destined to lead. Leaders pick themselves off. They dust themselves off. And they do better the next time. Leaders are very passionate about what they believe in. They are. And sometimes our passion and our zeal can get us into some trouble. I know. I've been there. So passionate about the things of God. And I'm oh, and like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But Lord, you know my heart. That's not what I meant. <laughs> right? But leaders are passionate because they believe, for what they believe in. Paul was pretty passionate. Hey, Paul went, I mean, Saul, right? He went before he was Paul. What did he do? He went, he, he killed all the Christians. He was gangster. Ruthless. And he was passionate about killing every believer. But the Lord encounters him and gives him new vision because he was always called to be a leader who was destined to lead. And then you see him writing half of the New Testament, right? Praise God. I'm going to read a couple scriptures here before I uh, close out. Just skip a lot of stuff here. Holy Ghost. Here's some key scriptures I want just for you to have for your notes. For leaders that are destined to lead. First one's coming out of uh, Luke 6.31. Because see, These are scriptures that every leader should hold close to their heart. The first one says this. Do others as you would like them to do to you. Philippians 2.3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Proverbs 4.23 Guard your heart above all else 
for it determines the course of your life. Exodus 18, 21. Be select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate and dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands and hundreds of fifties and ten. Psalm 78, 72. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with skillful hands. See, these are the characters in nature. These are the characters of leaders. Being a leader is not about your opinion. Matthew 20, 26. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must first be a servant. Jesus was that picture. We saw that. Another thing for leaders that are destined to lead, Matthew 5, 37. Simply let your yes be a yes and your no a no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Quit being wishy-washy. Walk in integrity. Walk upright. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Leaders, don't carry burdens upon yourself. Because as a leader, the enemy will try to get you to carry the burdens of the people. And guess what? It's not your burden. Pray for them. Encourage them and uplift them. God will do the rest. John 3.30 He must become greater and I must become less. We have to allow the Lord to increase in our life and walk in humility. Galatians 6.9 Let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap the harvest of the blessing if we do not give up. Listen, that's so important. Do not give up. You're a leader destined to lead. Your breakthrough is right around the corner. Right around the corner. There's a harvest that God has for you. And my last scripture, Philippians 4, 13. And we know this one well. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Can we stand?
I apologize for making it shorter, but I feel like if we keep going, um, I just feel like this, the Lord is telling me to hold off right there. And we're going to jump into some more later. <clears throat> let's, just, let's, just, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you, God, right now, Lord. And I thank you for every leader that's represented here, God. I thank you for every leader that's watching right now online and through the media, God, and those that will watch the replay, Lord. Father, we just call forth every leader who's destined to lead this morning. Father, we call forth every person's promise, every assignment of heaven, God, right now in the name of Jesus, God. Father, we agree with heaven for every person in this room, those that are watching God right now. We declare for heaven's assignment to be placed on our lives, God. Lord, give us eyes and ears to see and hear what you're declaring in this season, God. Lord, let our cry be for the fathers today. The fathers with the father's heart, God. Lord, let us see how you see, Lord. Let us love how you love, God. Teach us how to be that servant, God. To wash the feet, God, of those. To go after the one, God. Father, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.